This is our sixth and final session on the book of Job. And we want to see how it all ends at the end of the book. Father, bring it all together for us now. Make the impact of the book true and faithful to us so that we are brought into the experience of it and come to cherish you as the sovereign, good, compassionate, merciful God that you are, that we may be faithful unto death and receive the crown of life. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I shall return. The Lord gave my children and my goods, and the Lord has taken my children and my goods away. And I fall down, and I call him blessed, praised, treasured, and loved with all my heart. And in doing so, Job does not sin. That's the right response to tragedy. He said to his wife, who's trying to get him to curse God, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall I receive good at the hand of the Lord? Shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord, of God? And shall we not receive evil? No, of course we're going to receive good and evil because God is God. He's not duking it out with Satan, sometimes getting the upper hand and we get good, sometimes not getting the upper hand while Satan does and we get evil. God is not a participant with Satan. He rules Satan. And when he believes that, he doesn't sin. However, things get very hard. The disease lasts a long time. And Job falls into sin with his mouth. God has kindled his wrath against me and counts me as his adversary. God finds occasions against me, counts me as his enemy. Both of those statements are false. God was not Job's enemy, ever. Chapter 40, the Lord said to Job, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer. And Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I say to you? How shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once. I will not answer twice. I will not proceed. Then God speaks more of his majesties in the next two chapters, and he comes to 42.1. Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. There's the message of sovereignty from this book. God says, who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? And Job answers, therefore I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. God says, hear and I will speak. I will question you and you will make it known to me. Job responds, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear. Now I see you like I never seen you before. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. That's what happens. That's what we should do if we ever accuse God like this, calling God our adversary when he's our precious father, calling God our enemy. We should repent. And Job repents, and God is so patient, so merciful toward him. What happens now? 42.11, one of the most important verses and one of the most neglected verses in the whole book. Then came to him 
all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before and ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy, comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. This book, not at one moment, does the author of this book or does Job, even in his worst moments, doubt this sentence? God is God. And everything that happens to Job comes from the hand of God. No matter what the role of Satan is as a secondary cause, it comes from the hand of God. And that's the conclusion of the inspired writer, not Job. You might say Job is a mistaken character in this drama. No, he's not, but that's not the point. The point here is, this is the writer talking. This is God Almighty, the inspirer of this book, telling us that everything that happened to Job came from God. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. Now, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, more than seven sons and three daughters, more than all those thousands of camels and oxen and sheep and donkeys. Job was rewarded for his faithfulness at the end of his life. And it raises the question, is that the pattern for all Christians? Will we all be rewarded like that? And the answer is no, we won't. Some people are rewarded with martyrdom, and some people are not healed of their boils and die of them. Well, what is the meaning of this sentence then? I would say that the writer wants us to see that in Job's life, this is a parable of what will in fact happen to all of us sooner or later, either in this life or the next. And I have that confirmed in these verses. Revelation 12 I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before God, and they have conquered him. Now this is how we do it. Satan is still trying to do this. We have conquered. They, the Christians, the believers, have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb. Christ died for our sins so that Satan has nothing in his file when he opens it in the courtroom with which to accuse us. Everything is covered by the blood. So we have conquered, we have nullified the accusing power of Satan by trusting in the blood and by the word of our testimony. For... They loved not their lives even unto death. That's what it will cost some of us. We will conquer Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And some of us will have the Job-like experience of having a blessed, sweet, peaceful end of life in this world. And others of us will have Job's experience on the other side because we love not our lives even unto death. That's what we see in Revelation 2.10. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil, he still does this, 
is about to throw some of you in prison, that you may be tested. That was what it was about with Job. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and you will get Job's reward a thousandfold. I will give you the crown of everlasting life with me in the age to come. Now we end with James where we began. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets. So he assumes this is the normal lot of Christians. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. Be faithful unto death. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. How beautiful it was, even at the end when he had to repent of temporary failure. And you have seen the purpose of the Lord. The purpose to prove that he, the Lord, is more precious than possessions, family, health. Job lost them all, and we can add, and life, in view of what we've seen in Revelation 2. How the Lord is compassionate and merciful, because the Lord does everything he does in order to bring us into the experience of this supreme preciousness now and in the age to come. There is no greater gift for a compassionate and merciful God to give than the gift of himself. And that is what we will have in eternal life. This is eternal life that they know you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ.